You are listening to Brexit from a Catholic Perspective. Thank you. It's actually of Newnham, um, and I would be very happy to be of Newham, but it's slightly embarrassing because if anybody comes up and says, what do you think about Newham, I'm not very good at giving the answers. So, um, but obviously... I'm here, um, I nearly preempted when I was supposed to be speaking because I've been speaking on several panels where they would have the two Remainers speaking back to back and then the two Leavers speaking back to back. And although I was a student at Oxford and I used to go to the Oxford Union, I wasn't a debater. One of the people who did debate when I was there, however, is a Catholic Leaver, one Jacob Rees-Mogg. And I do remember him standing up in a balloon debate in Oxford more than 20 years ago, longer ago than I care to remember, and vigorously arguing that this house believes in Father Christmas. So if he could argue that, the fact he can now argue that we should be leaving the European Union and any other sort of myths and fantasies that he wants to put forward perhaps shouldn't be that surprising. Um, And I'm only sorry that I haven't had the opportunity during the course of the referendum to debate with him. But one serious point that I would like to make right at the outset before I get into why I believe that Catholic values can best be served by remaining in the European Union. And that is something that touches on what Tim said at the outset, and what Tom has said, and what I hope all of us here this evening will truly believe. That what we've had in the debate so far has been characterized by far too much myth, fantasy, hyperbole, hubris, hysteria, and far too few facts. And while Tim might be right that economists can't predict the future, there are a lot of things that could have been said in the debate, I don't mean this evening, but in the debate in the country generally, that could have been said that might have contributed to illuminating people's understanding of the European Union, of why it came about, why the United Kingdom is a member of it, and would actually help people make informed decisions. The power of prayer is one thing, and of course Catholics will be praying that we make the right decision. But we would have been helped enormously if people on both sides of the argument had been a little bit more willing to be honest and had far fewer attacks on personalities, because I think we are in severe danger of undermining trust in politicians and others, such that on the 24th of of June, we're going to have a difficult job coming back together as a country with mutual respect. So whatever happens on the 23rd, one of the things that I'm absolutely clear about is we have to find a way of coming together as Catholics, as Christians, and as a country as a whole. But I'm absolutely clear that being in the European Union does help us as Catholics and does mean that Catholic values are better served by being in the European Union. I'm going to look back to the past briefly, but obviously Tim has ensured that I need to look at the present in great detail as well. So you will find that after a couple of minutes I will throw my notes away because what I've been going to say and what will appear in the tablet tomorrow is slightly superseded. But I think it is important to look at why was the European community, the European coal and steel community, set up in the 1950s. It was about bringing a continent that had been ravaged by war to peace. It was 
a group brought together by a group mostly of French thinkers, and as Peter Hennessy said in the House of Lords today, in a sense, it was a group of people that the British wouldn't necessarily have a lot of track with. Left-wing, Catholic, French intellectual bureaucrats. So possibly a few aspects of the founding fathers that we might as British Catholics have some issues with. But a set of people, not all French, Conrad Adenauer from Germany, Alcide de Gasperi from Italy, Jean Monnet and Robert Schumann, who came together to look at a new way of working together in Europe to make war among European states materially impossible. And their founding zeal did come from Catholic social teaching. Tim has suggested that that's now seen in the breach. But there was an understanding of subsidiarity, of participation, and of solidarity among those founding fathers. And they were all male, so I apologize, I'm not being gendered about it, but the founding fathers were all indeed male. And indeed, in the case of Robert Schumann, so devout that a committee was set up for his potential beatification. The only problem is he hasn't managed any miracles, and the fact that the European Union was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2012 isn't seen as a sufficient miracle. So even though some of us might believe that the European integration process has brought about peace, it isn't in itself enough to have ensured that Robert Schumann has become a saint. But the origins were clearly driven by Catholic and Christian thinking. There was a vision of a united Europe that was a Christian Democrat project, one where solidarity would replace destructive nationalism, but would also provide an alternative to godless communism, which we were seeing in the east of the continent. Coming in the wake of two world wars and centuries of intra-European conflict, those visions were important. But the British reaction to the Second World War was rather different. It wasn't faith-based. It was much more pragmatic, much more focused on the here and now, the nationalization of coal and steel, and a Labour government that said, we don't want to be part of this new initiative. We don't want to pool the resources of coal and steel. And they were rather concerned about sovereignty, as was Winston Churchill. So from the conservative side, concern also about sovereignty and nation, but for Churchill also a vision of a united Europe based on a spiritually strong France and a spiritually strong Germany, but one where the United Kingdom was being supportive from the outside. Catholic thinking didn't feature very heavily in the United Kingdom in the 50s and 40s, 50s and 60s. There are probably more Catholics now willing and able to engage in popular debate and able to argue the case that even in the 21st century, the European Union does better represent our values and enable us to fulfill our values. We've already heard from Tom that the Cardinal Archbishop of Westminster has talked about the importance of the long tradition in Christianity and in Catholicism in particular of believing and holding things together. There's a strong tradition in Catholic the Catholic vision of life, that to start down the path of division almost inevitably leads to further division. And that is one of the starting reasons why I think in 2016 it is crucially important that the United Kingdom remain in the European Union. Because there are problems in the European Union. We've heard some of them from Tim. 
the Eurozone crisis, and we shouldn't conflate the Eurozone and the European Union, they're different. But there are severe problems in the Eurozone, but they are ones that can be dealt with through solidarity, and they can be dealt with much better if the United Kingdom, as one of the most prosperous countries in the world, the fifth largest economy, doesn't walk away into isolation, doesn't say this continent is too difficult for us to manage, doesn't say that this is something of which we want no part, doesn't want to create a divided Europe. If the United Kingdom remains fully part of the European Union, we have every opportunity to work with the other 27 member states to look for a better way forward, where we look to serve the most vulnerable in society, to choose for the poor, as Pope Francis would call on us to do. Walking away, saying the price of membership, be it 350 million pounds a week or 190 million pounds a week, is too high a price to pay. That shouldn't be what we're thinking about when we think about membership of the European Union. Do we get, in more, do we get back more than we put in or not? Shouldn't be the question that we as Catholics think about. We should be asking, what is the purpose of this community, who are we working with and why? Ladies and gentlemen, I profoundly believe that by working together, we're able to create a more secure Europe, but also one where we're working in the interests of everyone. Subsidiarity does form part of the treaties. Tim's right. We haven't seen enough of subsidiarity, but that doesn't mean we should simply walk away and look for a British solution separate from the other 27, one where we look to our own national interests. We should be looking to see how we can work better in the community that we've got, working from within the 28, as we currently are, for a stronger, more Catholic, more open, more tolerant European Union that spreads our values, that works more closely with our nearest neighbors and looks to the poorest. Because there is a huge issue on our continent and on our shores, that of the refugee crisis. But ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing in British membership of the European Union that is top stopping us taking as many refugees as we want to take. The UN Convention, the Geneva Convention on Refugees of 1951 requires us to take refugees who arrive at our shores. It doesn't require us to take refugees from further afield. But it equally doesn't say, oh, United Kingdom as a member of the U European Union, you may not take more refugees. That is just an excuse. We are fully able to do that. And as an open, tolerant society, we should be doing that. We should be looking to our neighbors. We should be much more open. We should be welcoming more refugees. We can create an immigration policy that is also more tolerant, more open, more Christian one that opens up barriers rather than closing them putting sorry opens up borders rather than putting up barriers in the words of the archbishop of canterbury because hopefully we can be a little bit ecumenical if the one of the key principles of catholicism and christianity is to love our neighbor then working with our nearest neighbors to show love to our closest neighbors who are fleeing from persecution, fleeing genocide in Syria, Iraq, Libya. We should surely be doing that. We can do that best by being part of the European Union, working together. 
Doing that, we can help change the rules and create a more tolerant, open society. If we walk away, we simply leave a damaged European Union, less able to deal with the Eurozone crisis, less able to deal with the migrant crisis. That would be a dereliction of our duties as British people and as Catholics. Ladies and gentlemen, by remaining in the European Union, our values are best served and our neighbours are going to be much loved much more than if we walk away. That wouldn't seem to be the Catholic way. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm -hmm.